Welcome to Christian Faith Center Caldwell Campus Podcast. Our prayer is that you are blessed and encouraged by this message. For more information, you can visit experiencecfc.com. God bless. Today we're continuing in our summer message series, um, and which, which we've shared different topics and different messages. And today I want to talk about something very specific. Um, it's, I want to talk about baptism. And uh, we do have a baptism service coming up uh, later this week on Wednesday. And uh, I want to speak into that uh, um, um, regardless of where you're at. I understand that in this setting we have people that have been baptized, people that have not been baptized, people maybe that have never received Jesus into their heart. And I want to talk into that just to, just to get some clarity on a few things. You know, it's important to understand foundational truths as believers because that's what we build our life on. And if your foundation is strong and your foundation is clear um, and does not have any splinters or cracks in it, you can build a building on top of that foundation. You can build your life on that foundation as well. And I believe uh, even today's message it will bless you, it will minister to you. And um, um, as we look into scripture, and you know, there are three distinct moments that happen in a believer's life. Um, and uh, the Bible teaches us that a person can receive salvation or be saved. Uh, there's water baptism that can occur in a believer's life and also spirit baptism. And sometimes we as believers, we get those confused uh, one with another. But the Bible shows us that there are distinct moments that happen at separate events. They could happen in a different order. Um, but uh, we see there are salvation there's water baptism and there's spirit baptism. And today I want to focus in on water baptism and why is that important for the believers. So if you're taking notes, you can title this message, Believe and Get Dunked. Believe and Get Dunked. So um, um, I want to read from Acts chapter 8, a uh, story that we find. And it's about an individual that gets baptized um, in Jesus' name. And I want to start in verse 26, and this is what it says here. As for Philip, uh, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met a treasure of Ethiopia, a eunuch of the great authority under Kandaiki, uh, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And he was now returning, seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the prophet Isaiah. Now just imagine with me, I don't know about you, when I read scripture, I start trying to imagine and put myself into that time. And imagine this eunuch is driving in a carriage with wooden wheels, reading a book, reading scripture. I don't know about you, have you ever tried reading, driving? I mean, when you have in their 21st century, you got suspension, you got a soft luxury car, it's easier to read. But if you're riding on the back of a horse, I mean, if you're riding in a carriage reading scripture, I don't know how that went down. This eunuch had a gift because that's like, that, was, that must have been a bumpy road. That was just a side note, guys. Nothing spiritual about that comment. Just saying, all right? It must have been tough reading Isaiah uh, in a carriage. And so we see Philip comes up to him. Here's him reading the scripture, verse 29. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand 
what you are reading. The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up of the water, up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away and the eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Let us pray. Father, we come before you right now and I pray for this time we have together as a church, as a body, as a local body of believers. I pray just your hand of revelation, mercy and grace and inspiration would cover us, God. I ask you speak to us through these timeless truths. Help us gleam uh, words of rhema, words of life for ourselves and our inner man. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we find here this scenario with Philip, a man filled with the Holy Spirit, and God was leading him in his life. And we see him uh, get led to testify to a eunuch uh, coming from Ethiopia. Well, actually, he traveled from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to worship God and was traveling back. So the, we, could, we understand and see this man was a very devout man in his faith. He's heard about the gospel or heard about uh, the Lord. The, Lord God of Israel, and so he's devout in his seeking. I, I, I think he was in a seeking stage. He was a devout seeker. Like some of us maybe in this room, we're devout seekers. You see, and so he was making efforts, and he really, his lifestyle showed it. You know, traveling from Ethiopia to Jerusalem on that time was not an easy task. Uh, scholars would say it was like from New York to uh, L.A. You're, you're traveling, so this trip took weeks for him to travel one direction to worship God and now he's traveling back and he's reading he's seeking God and he's he's going through this not understanding God leads Philip to testify to this man and it's interesting that we see that the Bible says in verse 35 Philip told him the good news about Jesus and after that message of the good news of Jesus this eunuch understands he needs to get baptized so I want to show us and just it through in the light of scripture that as we look at the first church where we find our derive our foundation from and our basis from of what we do uh, today is that preaching the good news about Jesus always was coupled with baptism so when we preach about the good news of Jesus, it's receive him into your heart, give your life to him, and be baptized in the name of Jesus. We see that happening throughout scripture, so it's a very biblical practice of the early church that they've practiced. And we see Philip doing exactly that, where they drive up, they ride up to, uh, in the carriage, to a body of water, he says, hey, by the way, what you said, I believe, I receive, there's some water, what stops us from doing a baptism service right here 
You know, with my, maybe my driver of the carriage and the horses present. You know, like, what, you know, the, the horses I'm sure were drinking out of that same water where they came in there and they baptized this man. And I don't know about you, but when you think of your baptism service, if you have been baptized, maybe you think of a trough that was here in the front that we dunked you in. Maybe it was a river. Maybe it was Lake Lowell. I mean, I don't know, but, you know, that's what we pray before we go into the water. Lord, bless the water. In Jesus' name, that the E. coli don't affect us, right? And so we, um, we do this, and so this is a practice from the early church that Jesus has left to us to uh, walk in. And I just want to uh, mention five things, five reasons why we get baptized as believers, just to open up some understanding for ourselves. And uh, I hope those that have been walking with the Lord for some time, this encourages you in your walk. I hope those that are on the fence, this um, helps you make a decision for the Lord and uh, uh, blesses your life. And the first reason why we get baptized uh, as believers is we're following Jesus' example in baptism. In Mark uh, chapter 1, verse 9, it says this, At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth and was baptized by John in the river. Listen, Jesus himself, the son of God, was baptized in water. He didn't think of it as robbery. He didn't think of it as less than himself to be baptized by someone that was preparing the way for him. We see when he is approaching John earlier in this chapter, he's saying, the one that's coming up here, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. And Jesus comes up to him and says, hey, you need to dunk me. You need to baptize me in water. And uh, because Jesus, we know he fulfilled all of the law and the prophets. He fulfilled everything the way it needed to be fulfilled. And so Jesus was baptized in water by John. He with humility received baptism. He didn't think he didn't need it, but he went ahead and did it as in setting an example for the rest of us that follow that we also should uh, follow in his example. The second reason why we get baptized is baptism is an illustration of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. In Colossians 2.12. By the way, guys, today's message is, is going to have lots of scripture. And I, I put my teaching hat on today. Usually I'm a preacher at heart. I might get a little preachy towards the end here. But I, I just want to teach us a little bit. Because, you know, when we sit under the teaching of the word of God, what it does, it refines our heart, our mind. And the Bible says, know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And we actually get liberated in our mindset, in our heart, as we sit under the teaching of the Word of God. Colossians 2.12, for when you were baptized, you were buried in Christ, and in baptism you were also raised in Christ. Now this is very interesting, because we're talking about that baptism is an is a illustration of death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So if we're walking in the steps of our Lord and Savior and we're taking example from him, he died on our behalf three days in the grave and rose from the dead, right? In newness of life, right? And, and, and then was glorified by the Father. So we, as we follow him in this example, as we receive this new life into our heart, 
we are then baptized that's the reason why we believe in full immersion baptismo the word in the Greek there is actually to be immersed into water that's why we believe not in just sprinkling but to be dunked into water and the Bible says that's a symbol of being buried with Christ being buried to the old life so you're underwater meaning you're sealed off from everything that's above the water you're sealed off from your old lifestyle come on who's happy that they don't have to worry about their old lifestyle anymore you're sealed off in the eyes of God you've died to your old self right and the Bible says you're buried and then you resurrect you come up out of the waters of baptism in newness of life with Christ you know that's the reason why like I said earlier why we do baptism by immersion because we want to symbolically show that make a public declaration an outward expression of an inner decision to follow the Lord you see baptism within itself does not save you we understand that receiving Jesus into your heart you receive the gift of salvation but baptism is that which was instituted by Jesus himself for us to to do you know, it's sort of like communion. Communion does not save you. But Jesus says, hey, do this in remembrance of me. Right? And so we are baptized because he said to do it. And we do it publicly so other people can be witnesses to the inner change and inner decision and commitment we've made in our life. An outward expression of an inward work of salvation that we already received by placing our faith in Christ. Colossians 2 verses 13 and 14 I love this right here it says this you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away then God made you alive in Christ so when you were born again for he forgave all our sins he canceled the record of, of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross Man, I'm so glad that Jesus Christ canceled my record. I don't know about you, I'm happy that he canceled my record. You see, when we, are, when we decide to get baptized, we show, we make a public declaration that I am dead for my old ways, my old man. You see, the old man is judged under the law. The Bible says the law is the schoolmaster to the cross, meaning the law shows your deficiencies and your unrighteousness. It shows you that you have a sinful nature. The law exposes your sinful nature. It shows that you, you by your, left to your own devices, are no good in the eyes of God. And so in comes Jesus, dies on the cross for you and I, and all of a sudden when I believe and put my trust and faith in Christ, I receive him now all of a sudden the Bible says I'm cut away from my old life meaning the law is still there but it has no effect on over my life because now as I get die with him die to my old ways and be raised with Christ I'm in Christ now the law is there but it cannot affect the new man because now the new man is in Christ it's under grace you guys with me I don't know about you, that's very encouraging to me. The Bible says that your record is canceled. The record that's against you is canceled and nailed to the cross. I mean, it's done and over with. 
Maybe some of you have encountered the law here in the state of Idaho. It's not very often you hear that your charges are going to be canceled against you. Matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. Them prosecutors ain't going to forget nothing, right? But I'm so glad that Jesus came and our record is nailed to the cross. And that when God looks at us, he looks as our record is canceled and we have a clean slate in Jesus' name. And you see, baptism is a sign of that. Baptism shows that, hey, I am sealed away from my old life and I'm raising up in newness of life. I'm raising up with the life that God has given me. I'm declaring publicly that he canceled my record. I'm declaring that I'm a new man, that I've made a new decision to follow the Lord. Number three is we experience Jesus' power to live a new and changed life. You see, as we take this step, we step into resurrection life in a greater way. We step into resurrection life in a greater way. Let me explain. Romans 6, chapter 4. It says this, By our baptism then, we were buried with him. Remember, submerged, immersion, buried with him. And shared his death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, so also we may live a new life. Just as he was raised from the dead and lived a new life, so we also may raise from the dead and live a new life. A new life in him should be walking in the liberty of the Holy Spirit. We need to understand we weren't designed to try to fulfill God's will by the old man. By the flesh, by my sinful desires. The Bible says that your flesh is enmity, is always at enmity against God. It's always in conflict with the will of God. And when you receive this new life, this new man, and you receive this resurrection life of Jesus, when you come out of those waters, you have the capacity to live in newness of life, a new life, a free life. You know, often this deeper commitment, this is very important to understand, Often this deeper commitment causes greater opposition in the believer's life. You guys remember when Jesus got baptized? He comes out of the water and what happens? He goes into the wilderness and he gets tempted. And he's in the wilderness, a dry place, a, a, a desolate place. He's isolated from everybody. It's not easy. He's fasting 40 days and 40 nights, the Bible says. He, he's going through all of these things. Remember, just, just uh, verses before the Holy Spirit came upon him. And now he goes into the desert and he has this wilderness experience. He has this drought experience. Who's been there before? Who, who's, who's faced opposition? Come on. I've talked to many people and they say, Pastor, I just feel it's easier to be lukewarm. I just feel it's easier to not serve God because every time I make a decision to come back to church or every time I make a decision to come back to the house of God, I feel like all hell breaks loose against my life. I feel like everything's just coming against me, Pastor. Like I think it's almost easier to like be like, you know, sort of warm for the Lord, be a little at a distance because I'm not bothered as much. Let me tell you something. Jesus shows us by example as he declared who he was and fulfilled that final thing in being baptized uh, uh, by John the Baptist, all of a sudden all hell breaks loose against his life. 
There is a higher level that breaks out against him. Let me tell you something. What I've noticed, as we commit in a higher level to the Lord, this can be in ministry or in your personal life, there is a higher degree of attack over your life. There is a higher degree of attack and as the Lord exalts you or lifts you up to a higher level in ministry, maybe more responsibility, more opportunity, you will face a higher level degree of opposition. And let me tell you something, you know, you, if a tree doesn't face droughts, its roots won't go deep. If the winds won't blow against that tree, the roots won't go wide. If it doesn't get some rainstorms, it won't grow tall. You see, we uh, need those things in order to grow, whether we like it or not. You see, what happens is if you take a tree and you raise it in a greenhouse where the atmosphere is perfect, the temperature is perfect, the, you got little water spigots lining up and watering that tree, everything is great. It grows up and exter- externally, it looks like a good, healthy tree. But the first rainstorm that comes against that tree is going to take it down. You see, it is in God's interest and will to develop us and to make our roots go down deep. And what the enemy tries to send in opposition against us is actually forming who we are in Christ. It's actually developing us and our roots. Instead of just being just a little deep and just just always getting used to getting watered, in, in seasons of the desert or in the wilderness, they start digging deep. I mean, they like, Lord, I need you. I'm droughty up here. And you start going deep for some underground streams, underground sources. You see, you start getting developed. Why? Because God is not only interested in you living your best life now. God is interested in you growing in him and in the knowledge of his son. God wants to develop you and make you stronger for his glory. Somebody shout amen. Amen. You see, the fourth reason is we obey Jesus' command to be baptized. Jesus commanded us to be baptized. In Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, he says this. Jesus came to and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I love that. That his promise that he would always be with us. And Jesus, what he does, is he not only commands, but he empowers he not only commands us to go forth and preach the gospel and baptize others but he empowers us to do so you know because he's given us his holy spirit he's given us of his spirit he's given us everything we need and baptism requires deciding to obey it requires a profession of faith to be baptized And that's the reason why we don't baptize, we don't believe in baptizing children in our church as well. Because we see everywhere that people were baptized, they understood what they were doing. There's an age of accountability a child can come to where he can decide for himself that I want to serve 
Jesus. You know, I've talked to many people that say, well, my, my grandma was a believer, you know, therefore I'm a believer. I grew up Catholic, therefore I'm Catholic. Right? Or, or, or I, did, I grew up Protestant, therefore I'm Protestant. But the Bible shows that you are baptized according to your own faith, not to your grandmother's faith. Like your grandmother's faith is good and she can teach you good things, but it has to become your own. It has to be born right inside of here. It has to, something has to shift. The decision has to happen internally. And when you make that decision and profess in faith, when I baptized people, I said, hey, do you recognize or declare Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And the person says, yes, I do. And then I baptize him in the, name of, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But it's according to the profession of the individual's faith. Somebody shout amen. Acts 2.38 says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. The fifth reason why, see, I had five points, but I made them quick. The fifth reason why we get baptized uh, is that the Father affirms us in baptism. Mark 1, and we're going to camp out here for a moment. Mark 1, chapter 10 and 11, and it says this, and when he came out of the water, meaning Jesus just got dunked, he comes up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved Son, with you, I am well pleased. You know, I just love this because this is where we see actually the picture of the Holy Trinity. We see God the Father speaking from heaven. We see God the Son coming up out of the water. And we see God the Holy Spirit descending onto the Son like a dove. And I, I don't know about you, but that excites me right there. That we see the three persons of the Godhead manifested in this moment. The importance of baptism. The importance of baptism. And I, I just love this because God the Father, what he's saying from heaven, he's saying, you are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. You know what's interesting? Is when we follow in the example of our Lord Jesus Christ, we, and we die to our old self and we get raised with him, you know, the same words are declared over our life by the Father. You are my son and you are my daughter and I'm pleased by you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. you see, as the father was proud of his son, that his son would voluntarily go and obey the father and give his life as a ransom for many. The same way he is proud of us when we decide to follow him. You see, and all of a sudden when we receive him into our heart, what happens is now the Father doesn't look at us through our old record because the old record is canceled. He looks at us through, the, through Christ and he sees his son in us and he says, I'm well pleased of you. You see, I'm well pleased of you. And you know what happens? As we commit to the Lord and as we commit our lives to him and as, as we face trials and tribulations, instead of running away, we trust in the Lord. And in dry seasons, our roots go down deep. And you know what the Father's speaking? I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you that you're not running back. I'm proud of you that you're not, you're not, you're not folding when tensions come, when hardships come. 
I'm proud of that you're not in just thing, this thing called Christianity just for the blessings and just for the goody things, you know. Sometimes people are in it just for the benefits. Oh, you know, when I become a believer, everything's going to be good. Many of us know that's complete opposite almost. Things are very good with God, but man, boy, things hit the fan. I mean, just poof. Like, Lord, have mercy on my life. But through that, he's developing in us a faith in him. And through our trials and our testings, our tribulations, what's happening is Christ is being formed. And instead of our roots being just shallow, they start going down deeper. They start going wider and we start growing taller. And our foundation is being made on him. You know, what's interesting is that Jesus in the desert, he responded to the enemy's attacks with the word of the Father. He says, it is written. That man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Listen, I believe when we are baptized and we die to our old man, we're raised in our new life. We need to understand all of a sudden that our diet has to change. It goes from cheap winko food, oatmeal, to heavenly manna. The new man feeds off of every word of the Father. The new man, it feeds off. It has a different spiritual appetite. And you know what that means? That means in your testing, in your trial, in your hardship, you don't run back to the places where you used to run to. Now you run to the Father. And he gives you the manna that can sustain you through every difficulty. And he starts forming you and creating in you something stronger. You know what else happens? Is that as you get baptized, as Jesus was affirmed by his heavenly father, by the heavenly father, this is my son I'm, that is well pleased in me. And the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. That empowering happened. I believe the father wants to empower you today as well. I believe the father wants to empower you today as well. Wherever you find yourself, maybe you've never received Jesus into your heart. Maybe you've stepped away and you've come back and, and you find yourself in this position where, man, you feel like you're wavering. Your roots aren't just, they're not sustaining you. You're falling over. God's saying, I'm pleased. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I love you too much to keep you the same. I, I don't want you to just continue struggling with this. I want to teach you some things. But in order for that to happen, you're going to have to shift over your appetite to the word of God. You're going to have to start leaning on me more than on yourself. You see what happens when we get baptized, we symbolically show that I used to live in my own strength. Now I'm dying to my old way. I'm being raised in, the, in my new life with Christ. And now I'm leaning on him to make the difference, not on myself. Because it's he who makes the difference in my life. And I believe God wants to empower us. Just the same way he sent forth his disciples and said, go and baptize. He wants to send us forth even from this place and say, I don't want you to just be trees that fall over. I want you to be trees that are rooted, that the roots go down deep, go down wide and grow tall. You know, when I imagine our church, when I think of the church, I don't think of a church that just when the winds blow, storms come, tribulations come, everybody scatters, runs away. I pray and I think and I declare over the church. I say, God, make us strong. God, make us mighty that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. That's what the Bible says. 
Listen, we need to understand God has given us of his spirit. The same spirit that came on Jesus when he got baptized comes into our life when we decide to follow him. And that spirit is what strengthens us. And if you look at yourself and you're saying, I'm weak and I'm insufficient and I don't have what it takes, I don't have the gifting that's necessary, you're absolutely right. You don't have it. But the spirit within you does. God has given you everything. And so instead of trying to pull it out of your own self, you go to the God that saved you. Say, so Lord, I'm in need of, I'm in need of uh, uh, kindness and gentleness in my life and love in my life. It all comes from the Holy Spirit. And what else I love about baptism, last thing we're going to pray, is that when the devil comes up and tries to tempt you and tries to come against you and say, did you really change? I don't know about that. You're still the same guy. You're still the same girl. You can remember and say, pfft. I remember on this and this day, there was a trough. And in the trough, there was water. And by the water was the pastor. And the pastor took me in. And he held me down. And he held me down for two minutes because I had a long record until it was fully cleansed. And I came up wet. And that is proof that I committed my life to Jesus. And there was a room full of witnesses. And they saw it too. And I'm not going to back down. Just because the winds are blowing. Just because the storms are coming. I'm not going to fold like a $2 bill. No. I got the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. Yeah, maybe I'm going through a trial. Yeah, maybe I got a sickness or disease. Yeah, maybe I'm faced with a, something else. But the Spirit of God is on the inside of me. And I'm not, I'm not my, my destiny is not determined by what I feel today. My destiny is determined by who he says I am. And he says, I am loved. He says that he's pleased in me. My record is clean. And I'm going to be faithful to God. And therefore, God gets the glory through your life. I want us to stand to our feet. I believe God wants to empower many around this even room. Wherever you find yourself in your faith. Maybe you've never received Jesus into your heart. I want to give you an opportunity to do that tonight or today. Maybe you find yourself, you've walked with the Lord for a while, but you see that you've maybe grown weak in your faith and you need a renewal of that. I want to pray over you today as well. Um, you know, we're saved by grace, the Bible says. And it's not of ourselves, but it's a gift of God. And I just want to take a moment and say one more time, he delights in you. This last week, one of our daughters, her second tooth fell out. And me as a parent, I was proud of her. I snuck some money underneath her pillow. She knows the tooth fairy is fake, but she plays along with it, acts like it's real, gets excited. I wanted to make a post on Instagram and forgot, you know, like I, I'm so proud. I just want to share these dad moments, these proud moments. You know, I think something similar happens when the father sees his children trusting him. When the father sees his children walking in truth. When the father sees his children putting their faith in him and just really receiving his son. He's proud of us. He's cheering us on. He's going on heavenly Instagram. He's posting it up. The angels are rejoicing. I mean, everybody's just happy. 
Listen, I believe the Father is pleased with you. The enemy would like to condemn you, try to keep you in the junk that the world has dragged you through. But God is saying, I have a better way. I have a new way. It's life in Christ, not by your own strength, but by my power, says the Lord. And with every head bowed, just wherever you are, every eye closed, if you're here today and you're saying, I need to make that decision. I need to give surrender to Jesus. Maybe you've stepped away. You need to come back. Just wherever you are, you can lift your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I just need to make right with God, just wherever I'm at. See hands across the room. Just, just wherever you are, just lift it up towards heaven. Lord Jesus, we need you, God. We need you, Holy Spirit. Pray your own prayers. I'm going to just pray for us. Father, we need you, God. Holy Spirit, we need you. We surrender to you, God. We surrender our hearts, God. We surrender our minds, Lord. And we just ask you, have your way in us, God. Have your way in us, God. And that the power of Christ, the new resurrection power would overcome us, Lord. Would overshadow us and our life would be a representation of you, God. That your son would be made born in us, Lord. And that the image of your son would grow in us, God and manifest through our lives. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Listen, he wants to empower you today. He wants to fill you today. Regardless where you're at, after service, we have a next step table. If you need to get dunked, you can sign up and get baptized even as early as this week. We have a couple baptisms coming up. Listen, go ahead and do that. If you need to make a connection, get involved in a, lo in a local ministry here, we want to do that with you as well. They're going to be prayer teams up front. They can pray with you right now during this next song. But I just want to say this. During this time of worship, spend time with him. Talk, uh, express your heart to the Lord. Talk to him. He wants to bless you. He wants to fill you because he loves you. Let us worship.